Hi, this is iHeartRadio's Carol Miller from Q1043 in New York. And we're back again here on our UK radio podcast with a taste of real UK radio. This time, our presenters Alan Thompson and Nigel Pierce are talking to Mark Brzezicki from the band Big Country, who are currently on tour in the UK. Now, um, there's a lot of things happening, and one of them at the moment is uh, a tour around the country by none other than Big Country. Now, I know that although we're broadcasting from Norwich, that uh, the band are playing at um, Swindon on the 14th of September. And I'm very, very pleased to have on the line Mark from Big Country. So can I say, first of all, good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Nigel. Good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Oh, pretty good. Just recovering from the full metal cruise that we did um, from uh, Germany to um, Newcastle, basically, on a boat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, hopefully it was on a boat, not on a submarine or anything like that, but uh, you, you've no, made the trip. <laughs> we made the trip, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you sound remarkably fresh. Was it Was it an interesting trip? It was. Um, it, you know, not being a heavy metal band, but we can certainly rock out. You know, no, I know that. <laughs> Um, but we were a little bit concerned, you know, a few of the Germans said, like, you know, uh, Big Country, is, is it a country band? Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're in their Metallica jackets and full, fully denimed up in black and, uh, you know, some really, really heavy bands that are on. But it was fantastic, you know. Um, it was a really lovely cruise. The weather was good. Everything was free on board, which is like a, a themed booze cruise, as I sort of think mm. of it. Well, could, I think you could put that down as manna from heaven, can't you? It was, it was, yeah, it was a little bit of a, it was like a working holiday for us, but we thoroughly enjoyed it, you know. Well, that's fantastic. They were wonderful, including all the bands. They were all fantastic. Right, so where are you at the moment then? Are you up in the north? No, no, I live in, I live just outside London. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the southerners, as, as Big Country used to always have. Now, you've got, you've got to be very careful now, Mark, because I'm a Londoner myself. And we had Jim Cregan on not so long ago, and he gave us a wonderful interview. And uh, he said, oh, of course, I'm from West London, you know, and uh, East Coast. And I said, have you drunk in the Mount Pleasant? Have you drunk in the East Coast Arms? And he, he said, oh, good grief, he said. <laughs> oh, so where, what part of London do you come from well, then? I'm actually down, near, down in Slough, although I, I, I've lived in London for many years, from Chiswick to Acton. Um, I've got a house bought from my parents' house in, down, down near Slough. So um, west of London, really, but uh, very accessible always popping in there and my work over the years has always been really easy going into London when I've been doing session work or recordings with Big Country you know yeah. there was always two southerners me and Tony Butler the original um, bass player and myself um, you know were teamed up with Stuart Adamson at the time and Bruce Watson who were from Dunfermline so it was kind of north meets south Big Country's always had two two southerners yep. and two northerners a lot of people don't realise that, but that's that's. Well, been. they realise it now because you've just very kindly told them. Now, I've got to say, before we move on to uh, other things, you're in my neck of the woods because I used to live in Ealing. I know Acton very well. I yeah. know Southall, Northall, Hayes, all around that yeah. area. And as Jim yeah. knows, and now you know, we'll probably never meet, but that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> I know where you're coming from, man, and that's yeah, what it's all about. Now, yeah. you're playing Swindon on the 14th of September. I do understand yeah. that you're playing um, at the... At was what was the furnace which is now the level is that not correct is it, is it not called the mecca do excuse me if i got that wrong 
Are we called, I think it's called The Level, because I've been talking to Dave just to make sure I get the information right. Yeah. Be, because your interview today will be going out on on Swindon Radio on Tuesday to hopefully give the show a bit of a push. So yeah. um, this is why we're here today, getting it all yeah, done. I, I, on, looked on my itinerary and he said it's the Mecca Swindon, but it may be wrong on the itinerary. I don't know. If, I'm not on the itinerary. I'm not on the website. So, well, there you if go. you know that, we'll roll with what you know as, as um, yeah. Well, I've got my colleague Alan here who has done a lot more work with Swindon. Um, right. And because uh, you're on Team Dreams now, I don't know what Dave's told you, but what we like to do is to go backwards to go forwards and go forwards to right. go backwards. Now, what we do, we look at the memories and we bring them forward through the music. And big country, okay. big country is one of those memories because it's what thirty years now or something since you made You're the. Yeah, we formed in 1981 actually, um, um, and we were recording in 1982, so um, demos and things. So, yeah, it's a long time. It's it's, it's our 35th anniversary of the the crossing. Anyways, that that was a couple of years ago. So, time's moving on so fast. You know, um, it goes so quick for some reason. You know. Well, I was going to come to the crossing, and you beat me to it yet again. So you're up and at them this morning, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, I'm have, awake. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Now, this crossing, this tour that you've done, you've gone all over the country, but I do know that you do get a particularly good welcome down at Swindon, uh, and I know a lot of artists do like playing Swindon. Maybe, hopefully, you know, it goes hand in hand with what we do with the radio and what you do with yourselves, because it's yourselves that ultimately sell it. So, yeah. um, what sort of stuff, you know, I mean, at the crossing, yes, for the fans, the diehard fans know exactly what it's all about, but could you exemplify a little bit for the ones that just say, oh, I know Big Country, I go see them. What's it, you know, could you sort of tell us a little yeah. bit of what it's about? Well, yeah, Big Country is, as like I said, a rock band formed really in 1981, 82, where we recorded the first record, uh, The Crossing, which was gained great success around the world and notoriety. Um, it's, it, it, you know, we've got many albums out. We're talking about The Crossing. It's, it's kind of we've been celebrating the uh, 35th anniversary of that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful record produced by Steve Lee White, famed with U2 and Simple Minds and other bands. Um, brilliant legend producer. Produced a great record we're very proud of. We had some good hits that kind of spurned the band and got our success onto Top of the Pops and all that stuff, you know. Um, and it's got some classic songs in it, for those who don't know. It's really worth checking out. Um, it's like the, a, a must-have album. If you're going to collect Big Country's albums, it's a must-have album. Um, we've, we've got a few albums out, obviously. Um, greatest Hits, and we had Steel Town as a second album, and The Sea as a third. The second album was number one in the UK. I think we knocked you two off the charts in 1986. Um, and yeah, we had another one in Ireland with Away, which was an intermediate single, and we've had a few top 20 singles over the years. So it's a great rock band with a Celtic twist. Um, you know, those who haven't heard it, of course, um, those who have know exactly what it's about. Uh, and it's it's got driving drums and a slight uh, military feel to some of the songs, which I thought interpreted the music very well. It's got the twin guitars, not unlike Thin Lizzy, but with uh, with that kind of. Celtic twist and this sort of U2 kind of vibe to it in the early days, which the Edge, the Edge, as we know, was a big fan of Stuart Adamson's guitar sound, and um, he kind of uh, uh, doffed his cap to Stuart with a lot of the sounds he produced in U2. But Stuart was kind of the originator from the skids with that kind of delayed sound with that um, uh, echo thing that he did. Um, so very, very, very good band to be playing for and to be involved in. Um, it's, it's a very unique band for that as well. We, there's only one band that sound like Big Country, and that's us. <laughs> um, 
so you know it's been it's been our calling card in a big country and it's it's one of those bands that you know if you come and see us play there's something for everyone because we can rock out uh we've also got great lyrics and it's it's got celtic and folky twist to it well, can I come in on this? I told it well This one, uh, Mark, because um, in the mid 1990s, I wasn't that far from you in Slough. I was uh, working for Commercial Radio based in High Wycombe, would you believe? Oh, that's uh, the road. Uh, and uh, I remember that uh, we, we played uh, Big Country Records there, obviously, because there was, shall we say, uh, a local uh, content to it, as it were, a lo- local angle to it, sort of thing. But yeah. what I found was that uh, with um, your particular songs, uh, Put just a few seconds on it. It was unmistakably big country. Now you said it was always like north meets south, so to speak. And I suppose, whereas in the nineteen sixties and seventies there was a northern sound, a southern sound, and, and so on, Celtic sound, and whatever. But um, sim- um, when you talk about bands like Simple Minds, and because the Eurythmics around at that time as well in the in the nineteen eighties. But if you put a song by a big country on, it was unmistakably you. How did you manage to achieve that uh, individuality? Well, I think what you said, individuality, I think it's some of the parts that make it work. It is a chemistry in music, you know. Um, there's, you never know really what comes out until it's made. Uh, and it's the coming together of the musicians. Um, you know, Stuart Adams having success in the skids with his swirling guitar and his, you know, his unique guitar sound, mm-hmm. along with Bruce Watson's um, trade-off with the twin guitars. Um, me and Tony were already working with um, Simon Townsend in a prog rock band, funny enough, and then we sort of ended up in a power trio called On The Air with me and Tony Butler and Simon. Then we were also working with Pete Townsend on, on his solo albums, which is what I still do. So we were, had a kind of a rocky side coming to um, a very slightly Celtic side from um, um, Bruce and, and, and Stuart. And I think it was a unique combination of having kind of the driving rhythm section, um, you got know, the thundering drums and the kind of John Entwistle bass sounds that Tony played, uh, very busy bass parts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, colliding with the, um, the swirl and the um, heady side of, of the, the Scottish flavour as well. So it's a unique thing. It's the sum of the parts, as I said, that makes it work. And, you know, with that, Big Country had a blueprint that nobody else has got and still hasn't to this day, you know. If, if anyone has that kind of, dare I say, the bagpipe guitar sound, which guitars can achieve with this delay and distortion, most people say, oh, it sounds like big country, so we've kind of claimed that mantle, <laughs> which is very nice. It's been our kind of nemesis as well, because over the years, you know, we've had great success with sounding completely original, and if we've ever tried to deviate away from it by, you know, using different producers, because Steve Liddywhite was very, very um, important in, in the sound that we created. You know, he was very much allowing us to be ourselves. He allowed the uh, musicality to be very personal and developed without too much, I want you to sound like this, I want you to sound like that. There's no really pre- preconceived idea other than Steve Lillywhite being able to get the best out of each person, being able to get on with everyone's personality, because we're all different, and bring the best out in what you can do uh, artistically. And he's a master at that, you know. He's very easy to work with, and he generates you a fabulous sound. Well, uh, but at the same time, you know, when we, when we were... You know, typecasters, you know, um, Big Country sounds the same. And, you know, we, we were trying to write musically different as we were uh, growing musically together as a band. You know, we had a, a five-album deal at the time. And you, in those days, you could actually develop and grow your music as a band because the record company were investing in your career rather than your single or your one-off recording. So we grew as a band. You know, Stuart's voice um, changed slightly, got more mature, uh, the, the drum sound changed slightly and 
the di- musical direction of what's happening in the UK charts and the album charts was slow. This was moving on as well. So that was reflected in what we were doing. But it was always the same. If we if we didn't sound like big country in any shape or form, we were like, you know, we were we were chastised. <laughs> you know, we couldn't win really. You know, if we did, if we sounded like big country. We sounded the same. If we made any change, it was like, oh, they don't sound like big country. What's happening yeah. to them? <laughs> no, we, we did have a very strong identity, which we're very proud of. You know, from the first chord you hear, you know, it's us. Well, did, did you see yourself? Uh, this has really preempted my, my next point, actually. But I mean, did you see yourself as uh, an album-making group or the singles? Because I know it's been said in the past. Well, of course, uh, in the early days of pop music in inverted commas, the singles was what it was all about. But then again, we've started to get concept albums with uh, Pink Floyd, Moody Blues, et al., as it were. But sure. did you see your did you see yourselves as a, as an album group with singles from it, so to speak? Not really. Um... I think singles have always been a tricky thing with Big Country because the way the music is made or, or develops, um, particularly in the early days, it was very instinctive. It, there wasn't a, a kind of a blueprint to say, let's write a single, what's in the charts, let's do something commercial, which we could easily do. Um, and I used to often sit back frustrating and wonder why we haven't done that. Mm. But ha- having said that, we had, because we had such a unique sound um, and a, like a, a signature sound through the guitars and drums and the vocal style. Um, that that gave us something that stood out from the radio anyway. Immediately, you know, it's big country. And I think the songwriting was very honest, um, lyrically very honest as well. We weren't curtailing to marketplaces as well at that time. And um, but the, the songwriting in itself was catchy just by the fact it was very melodic. Mm-hmm. Um, songs like In a Big Country and Fields of Fire and Chance. Um, you know, Look Away as well as I say that was number one in Ireland. You know, we did have, we did have hit singles, but they weren't, conceived as singles i think the likes of steve lillywhite steered it in singles in in the way he would say well why don't you get the chorus to come back uh, a second time a little bit quicker where you know we may take two minutes to get to the chorus you know steve was very very instrumental at Mm. at focusing the band in its commerciality as well as having the credibility as as an album band um i really saw us as, as writing great album tracks like the great bands did like you said pink floyd and all those other bands that wrote songs that you you kind of you love because you love playing the whole record from start to finish, you know. Um, but we did have some great singles uh, along Indeed. our career, which we're proud of. But not obvious, not obvious ones is probably yeah. what I'm trying to Yeah. Now, how do you think, um, because we've got to go soon, I know you're busy, and thank you very much for cutting the time oh, today, because it's absolutely no. brilliant, because, uh, you know, Teen Dreams here is getting a niche all of its own, and it is, as we've said, going forward to come back, to come back, to go forward. It's a bit mixed right. up, but uh, I was going to ask what I believe is a very pertinent question, because you've just tapped on it, and so did Alan. Here you are, you're 30 years, 35 years from this Milestone album. You're in this multi-platinum world of 2018 where everything's got to be instant like a cup of coffee, coffee, you know, and I'm not degenerating any music at all because if the space is there, the market is there, you'll fill it if you've got the right product. But with music such as yourself, it's very artistic, it's very intricate, it develops, it moves, it's descriptive, and it's planned, and it's all produced to make this wonderful sound. But do you see yourself as carrying on still from where you were to where you are now, or do you see yourself as a little bit of a regeneration for this new, for this new um, generation and, and continuing on? It must be sometimes with a band of your stature that sits, and you've said it, sometimes right between these two areas. We, yes, that's right. I, I feel we do sit right between both. Um, you, there's been many discussions in the band about this because um, 
you know, we obviously losing Stuart and the lineup change. Um, we still maintained the songs, and we came back as a band with um, a different vocalist. We've got Simon Hoff singing now, and Scott Whitley playing bass, and Jamie Watson, Bruce's son, playing guitar. Um, so we still generate the same sound um, under a different lineup due to you know unfortunate circumstances. Um, but yeah, new stuff. People really wanted to hear. You know, we've had a lot of albums out and a lot of history behind us. If we were a new band, you know, a year old or so, I'd say we were desperate to do new stuff, you know. Whereas if we have such a vast catalogue of uh, songs that we haven't even played live, um, and anniversaries coming up, but the, the, the priority for us really has been to get the music out there live, which seems to be the way forward. You talked about technology. Mm. Technology is kind of... Um, being great and one thing that you can have so many things instantly but at the same time it's trivialized a lot of music where um, you know you can pick and choose a thousand songs downloaded in seconds you know so the value seems to have gone um, but with with us we feel at the moment um, you know if we do new songs which we did when we had the journey out about five years ago uh, an album that we did with Mike Peters singing from the alarm as much as it was well received and the, and, and the diehard fans loved it you know touring just a new album didn't seem to work as well as going out there and playing the hits and the more obscure stuff on the records people would know um, over the other years that we've done. So the priority really is to celebrate our anniversary and play live, but it's not to say we're not going to write songs. We're always writing yeah. stuff and getting ideas. We call it the think tank where we're, we've got things going on at rehearsals, people write at home and we share ideas together. So there's possibly going to be some new recording in the big country, but it's not really our priority at the moment, as we have such a vast catalogue. Well, can I thank... But we're what Go we've had. Yeah. Well, can I thank you for being so honest, because, you know, yeah. you, you, um, I do like to interview, and so does my colleague Alan here, you know, we don't want to strip everything bare, that's wrong, but when we have a chance to have an interview such as yourself, because of our format with the programme... We don't want yeah. it to be instant like a cup of coffee. We want the chats to be have right. a li to have a little depth, to have a little meaning, yeah. because I think this yeah. really does sell the show, sell the band over the air. I know it's you that play live, but when you're coming across here and when we finish here, we'll play out with chance. Um, right. You know, um, you are not selling the band to us. You're explaining the band. You're, you know, you're yeah. opening up the band, and I think that's what you do at, at a concert. Is that not true? It's true, you know, we're a very honest band. What you see is what you get, you know, there's no tricks or anything. Um, we don't have any backing tracks or we don't rely on sequences or keyboards. Um, it's four guys playing their instrument to a very high standard and generating um, very powerful uh, emotive music um, to an audience that I think crosses generations, you know. We've got diehard fans that see us constantly and we've got new guys coming along just out of curiosity to check the band out because they may have heard of us and then we've got like fathers bringing their sons and daughters to the show mm -hmm. so it's constantly evolving regarding our audience and um you know with that we're, we're mindful that we, we we play the songs that they would like to hear um and we're also mindful that we we don't sit stagnant and possibly we may be recording some new things shortly you know is there any chance of um say another tour in 2019 any festivals lined up as are there any plans yeah. in the diary the, the diary's pretty busy, you know, we've got dates already for next year um, and we, we, we have no intent to stop. Um, so, yeah, it seems to be, that there's a wonderful event we normally do each year now. The festival season in the summer is wonderful for us because there's people from our same era, from the 80s, uh, when we do the rewinds, you know, um, we've got Nick Kershaw and Howard Jones and Midjur and all those guys 
brilliant musicians, great songwriters, great songs in the 80s that the public absolutely adore. You know, those those, those gigs are huge. And um, for us, it's like a little reunion um, with the guys that we grew up with musically at the time in those decades that we have an affinity for. And they become our friends. And some of these guys, I've actually worked on their records as well. So they're very good friends of ours. And, and you know, the 80s music stands up musically, uh, unlike a lot of music today, which, um, without sounding like I'm an old... <laughs> an old get here. Um, you know... There's a lack of musicality in, in what's going on at the moment. Talking about technology without waffling too much, technology is great for instant things, and sometimes instant isn't always that great to have, you know. Mm. Um, one example is we're on that boat just going full circle um, on the heavy metal uh, cruise, the full metal cruise, and everything was free. And it was, it was an eye-opener, really, to see how trivialized all this wonderful food and drink was being used. Mm. You know, if you had to pay for everything that you you were going to get you would not only appreciate it more but there would be less of it there was so much wastage on that boat and um it seemed to be people eating three meals because it was free <laughs> and not really appreciating what was going on i'm afraid that is human nature yeah things with the internet and things it's, it's kind of done that to music it shut a lot of recording studios down and it stopped the business from operating the way it used to where you used to have record labels investing in bands careers rather than you know now you've got to do it yourself everyone's got studios at home all all, all very good to everyone to do it but it's, it's almost like too many people trying to achieve the same thing and the whole world got saturated with with music and genres of music you know there used to only be a few genres like rock and roll blues country and western metal and now there's like hundreds of genres i've lost count <laughs> well that's um, what it is you know can i just say mark it's been great talking to you and you really have extolled I, the um the quality of uh, and the longevity really of big country now just before you go and i'm going to say my goodbyes because alan's going to do a rap and we will play right. out with chance can you give us the website where the people can find the information because we do want to pack the house on, on the 14th for you so we're trying to do our little bit so if you could sort of give us an advert now's your cue um, I, th I think it's bigcountry.co.uk um, I know we can find you on Tenacity can't we because that's where Dave sits but uh, I'm just trying to get yeah. information about yourself you know and what it's all about yeah, for the band bigcountry.co.uk yeah um, and Tenacity will, will get you there as well um, but yeah, we, we, like I say, we, we, we're around and we have no intention of slowing down or stopping at the moment. So thank <laughs> well, that's, you very much. That's very good to hear. I'm going to leave you with Alan to say your goodbyes. Uh, Mark, have a great gig. Wish I was thank there. You. And can I thank you really personally for cutting out the time because we know how you, what you people are like. You're very busy, uh -huh. very hectic, and we're very, very, very appreciative. Yeah. It's my pleasure, and thank you for being behind the band. Well, thank that's all right. Much. And uh, I was going to say that goes for me as well. And uh, all the very, very best for the gig at uh, Swindon, and we certainly look forward to 2019. And Wonderful. Then, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. It's yeah. Chance Bye -bye. and Big Country. That was Alan Thompson and Nigel Pierce talking to Mark Brzezinski of Big Country. More authentic British radio for you next week on UK Radio.